0: Welcome back to Sidewalk Skyline Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Rogers. One of the things that I love to do uh, is uh, have the opportunity to mix and mingle with other people who are doing urban ministry. And I had that opportunity at the end of May when I attended and spoke at the Anchor Ministerial Fellowship Conference in Cambridge, Ontario. And uh, my guest today uh, was another one of the presenters. And uh, we sat together, which I don't know if was a good idea, because people probably (laughs) saw us snickering and chuckling uh, through sessions, not because anything was funny, but just because we're awkward people who laugh at inopportune moments
1: <laughs> and that's so, what you want in a conference right kevin right <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's what you want yeah.
0: yes <laughs> yeah so welcome uh, dave carroll uh lead, oh, past, lead pastor at freedom house in brantford and co-host of a podcast known as two wise fools alongside aaron white in vancouver And if you go through uh, my list of podcasts that I listen to, um, uh, they're pretty serious podcasts. uh, But you guys are a huge relief to me. Uh, I I put you on. We may not be in the serious podcast list. No, you're not in the No, but uh, yes. Yeah, you got some good one, two punches uh, using comedy and and uh, really enjoying listening to it. So wonderful. uh, Yeah. So, Dave, we've um, been Facebook friends for several years, knowing many people in common. But I don't know if we ever like messaged each other or acknowledged each other in any way other than, oh, here's somebody that should be my Facebook friend. (laughs) because he knows people that I know and you get to know people uh, a bit by looking on their profile and seeing what kind of things they post Mm -hmm. and and um, in fact uh, it's it's a great pastoral tool you know I don't know how many times I'll be in some setting and I'll look around the room and you know you, you do the pastoral scan of okay who's who's here that I uh, should probably be connecting to. And, and, and then I'll, you know, discreetly look on my Facebook. And, <laughs> yes. Is that, See, do I know this guy? Is that yeah. Dave Carroll? <laughs> yeah. And, and so it's, it, yeah, you know, I just want to, you know, I endorse Facebook as a, as a part of every pastor's toolkit. I think that everybody should, should have Facebook for that reason alone. Um, but, uh, anyways, um, so, um, I don't know how many times I've, I've done that to, uh, walk up to somebody and say, Oh, hi, Dave. And they look at me like, <laughs> hi. <laughs> and, <laughs> Uh, it's it's Kevin Rogers. We're Facebook yeah, yeah, friends. Yeah, 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I know. Yeah. So, um, do you have any um, first impressions? Uh, you know, from from meeting me at Anchor Conference. And <laughs> probably that I, I I forget exactly what we said in our our first greeting. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, I mean, honestly, it was even before Facebook for us because it was mm. like probably during the MySpace or even before MySpace era where <laughs> you and I were both writing blogs. We were writing yeah. blogs on blogger. And uh, like, this is, this is uh very early days of uh, social media in yeah. uh, Canada and, and North America really Yeah, where, you know, you and I sort of started like making, you know, occasional comments on each other's blogs of like Canadian Christian right. ministry people. Right. And I was working in Hamilton, but doing ministry in Brantford. I was working in radio and um, um, I was writing ads for, for 10 years while I was involved in church planting in Brantford. I was, I was writing ads in Hamilton. And so I was like, how do I find a way to be able to still Uh, do ministry in Brantford while I'm writing ads about who knows what I've I've written ads (laughs) about almost anything you can think about in 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 Hamilton and uh, we started doing that and you and I and a bunch of other people and you know I made uh, you know still lasting relationships with people in the states um, and beyond back during this blog era and when I finally met you at this conference, I'm like, oh, jeepers, I feel like we've known each other for a long time because I've been reading the things that you wrote for <laughs> for, for all these years and vice versa. And I'm like, Yeah, ah, you're a guy in Windsor, you're doing inner city ministry, you're doing you're yeah. careful about the City, and 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 so you and I sort of like kicked it off and, and we and we sat there and you know had a great discussion and went out for lunch and and yeah. uh, it was like oh my goodness it feels like we've known each other for a long time because we kind of have each other we kind of have known each other for a long time right right like it feels like that because we've been we've been hearing each other's heart for for all these years yeah
0: yeah actually um <clears throat> i i went to school with um uh, the founding pastor and his wife, uh, Brian yeah. and, 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 uh, is it Charlise? Charlis, Yeah. Charlis, Charlis, Yeah. Brian and Charlis. It's been a while. Uh, but, uh, went, went to Bible school together, uh, hung, hung out in some of the same circles. And, uh, so I, I, I followed from a distance with, uh, enthusiasm <laughs> as, as freedom yeah. hosts, uh, emerged in, in Brantford and, um, Oh, somebody else I met at, at anchor was, uh, for the first time again, you know, Facebook friend, uh, semi aware of, mm. uh, John, uh, Masumi and, uh, and, uh, what's your connection to, to John? Uh, you guys, uh, have any history together? Got any good stories yeah. about John?
1: Well, um, uh, John um, moved to Brantford and um, has had a fascinating, you know, like, like many people, like multi denominational background, like some people are, you get in a denomination and you go forward from here to eternity in many generations, but that's not the story for everybody. And so yeah. he's got a bunch of different, like a varied background. And currently he works um, uh, to be able to serve uh, folks in in Kitchener-Waterloo. But when he was in Brantford for a while, um, he was an Anglican priest. And I actually, I, I told the story at this conference of where we have a mutual friend who is a um, he's an atheist guy who who is a um, he's like he's like a marketer does does websites and logos and all these things and he uh, began to be um, interested in Christianity and faith And he got to know both Jonathan and I, and he said, how come this priest and this pastor don't know each other? They're both community people. And my atheist marketer friend introduced the priest and the pastor together to be able to go, you guys should know each other. Like you both have, because he couldn't understand why people um, that believed things so similar from the outside, they're like, you guys believe almost the same thing. And you know, you tried to describe on the inside well there's differences but it's it's kind of ludicrous in some ways because we believe so many similar things yeah and he yeah. brought these two people together and all these years later we spoke at this conference to be able to encourage all these different ministers to be able to go like how do you use what you have to be able to go and bring transformation and you know tangible change inside cities and communities and that's yeah that's the big thing really right
0: never never underestimate a good atheist friend yeah
1: <laughs> i never have i never will <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: um so um tell tell me about brantford uh, brantford's a city that i've uh, been to and through uh many times uh and uh I, being a being an urban guy, you know, I, I do the detour and I drive around downtown and and I, yep. I love looking at old buildings and driving along rivers and and seeing who's on the streets. But uh, tell us about tell us about Brantford and uh, maybe tell us about Brantford then and now. I mean, you're you're talking about a city that you've got a significant uh, lifetime
1: in. Well, I'll go second, but why don't you tell me what you think about Brantford? Like from somebody who's from Windsor, I'd love to hear like what your, what your perspective is about the city.
0: Well, um, Brantford um, for me, was uh, one of the first smaller cities where I became aware of parallel Hmm. uh, urban ministry taking place. You know, Uh, I mean, Hmm. Urban ministry has taken place in small cities, but when you you sort of enter into the foray yourself, you you tend to. It's like when you buy a, a Prius and and you're driving <laughs> around, and and I never knew there were so many Priuses on the
1: road. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good.
0: <laughs> you start you start paying more attention. So, um, uh, for the most part, I've um seen Brantford. Probably in in its more developed days, uh, not in the, the days of the crash when Massey mm-hmm. Ferguson left and yeah. and I wasn't really around Brantford too much then. Uh, but um, yeah, it's it's got that uh, small Canadian city feel. Uh, it, it, it feels like a, a small town that just kept getting bigger. And, and, uh, but also, um, Mm. you know, uh, just like all our cities, an increased presence
1: of, um, hardship on the streets. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I'd say about 10 years ago, uh, I was in a, I was in, it was sort of a, um, one of these like morning, um, uh, like, um, uh, marketing meetings where there's, you know, it's like, it's a service group and we're, we're doing a think tank kind of deal. And, and the thing that came out from this 10 years ago was it's a small town feel and it's a big city vibe. And, and, and I think it was a pretty good, pretty good description of Brantford, but it's been a city that has been um, really fighting for that. Because to me, that was sort of like, that's where, We were holding it up as, you know, this is what it could be and should be, but Mm -hmm. it's really been fighting to get there, you know, and in the 70s, 80s, it was a really big blue collar uh, town, you mentioned Massey Ferguson, it was a, you know, when I was a kid. You you heard guys talk about the combine. Well, when the combine was here, and that was that's what Matthew Ferguson <laughs> produced was combines, but they just called it the combine. When the combine was here, things are really good. When the combine was here, everything was wonderful. But when the combine uh, yeah. left, and yeah, it was, that it was so funny. Very that urban. Just, yeah. Yes. Yes. That's exactly what it was, and it was this blue collar thing that you know Southern Ontario kind of used to be. And this and this this industry left, and it left a lot of people out of out of work, and and it really took its toll. And when I was growing up, I'm uh, uh, late or mid forties. I guess I'm mid forties. Forty six. I actually had to do the math this week. I'm forty six. I <laughs> my kids had to remind me how old I was. Once you get to a certain age, you don't really remember. But forty six. And 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 when I was growing up, everybody wanted to leave Brantford. And that was what you wanted to do because you're like, well, I've been told there's no jobs here. I've been told there's no future here. And we all wanted to go. And, um, and as we, as we grew, there was a, a growing number of people in the city that stayed and said, Hey, why don't we work together? Why don't we go into different, Um, areas of um, influence in the city between, you know, church and between business and politics and all these different things. What if we did this, and we all sort of like, pinkies in, uh, like, let's let's do this together. And let's kind of like, make this a better city again. And over time, It sort of has happened that way. And we've been through some ups and downs uh, over the last uh, bunch of years. We had a really great resurgence in our downtown where we saw some incredible transformation between just really just absolute poverty in our downtown. And we saw a great big wave. And then Right before COVID hit, um, and I'm sure there's uh, been a topic of conversation on your podcast, but between fentanyl and opioids and all these different uh, drugs that that have ravaged uh, many cities in Ontario and our country and probably even wider, um, it really took a big, big hit um, on our downtowns and urban areas. And um, then COVID hit, and then everybody was in their homes And, um, people sort of forgot about the impact of these, these savage, savage drugs, um, in our, in our downtowns. And, um, it's a very different situation than it was at the high times, even maybe like five, six, seven years ago. And our, our cities are really struggling. Our cities are, are really struggling. And it doesn't mean that they can't come back, but it means that we have to even, um, Think with and, and think and see with, with with a new mind and with different eyes than we even thought and saw five, six, seven, eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, the
0: next uh episode, I'm going to be talking with uh John um, me about uh, uh asset based community development, and uh, that's that's kind of his wheelhouse and in kitchen. Uh, but you know, uh, having uh, been been here the the length of time that I have, um, we've also seen some of that uh, dynamic shift happen. In particular, in the neighborhood where our, our church is, uh, it it's gone from high crime to low crime, from boarded up to entrepreneurial business district, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, but as, as good as all of those things are, um, there's the, the dark side, right? Uh, the, the displacement of the poor, uh, if, if we don't find, uh, meaningful ways to, um, to, to, to house and, and help, uh, people that are at the bottom. And, and so for our church, it's been a the last uh, 10 years has really been a, a journey, a discovery into other neighborhoods of the city and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, going like, like a St. Bernard dog going up into, up into the Alps, you know, yeah. that we, yeah. uh, the only thing we don't have is we don't have that keg of rum, you know, wrapped around our neck. Uh, maybe think about that. that yeah, might, maybe that, consider that. Well,
1: I, I, I find it's very popular. <laughs>
0: yeah St. Bernard dogs are very popular yeah yeah St. Bernard dogs (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so um but part of uh part of that uh experience that that you and others have had in Brantford um some of that revolves around the story of Freedom House and uh Mm -hmm. tell me the tell me the story of of Freedom House of uh Brian and 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 you and yeah. Charles and others and and uh you know uh it it started as a, as a, a church plant I think and, and yeah but it's yeah. it's it's About... at a very it's it's a very uh colorful and dynamic ministry
1: colorful yeah that's and, a good way and to dynamic put, that's a good way to Yeah. And dynamic. All right. That's good. Yeah. I mean, about 20 years ago, um, what's today? 2023. All right. So like uh, when I was, when I was, um, I was a kid, you know, in, in, uh, it was like nearly 25 years ago now, uh, went to Africa and um, my wife and I were young, married, we were zealous and are like, how do you go change the world? You think, let's go to Africa. That's what you're supposed to do. And we went to Ghana in West Africa and we're like, Let's go change the world here. And we saw churches everywhere. You walk by you walk by a schoolhouse. There's two churches in the classrooms and there's one under a tree. You know, like 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 there is there's a lot of churches here. I probably don't have much to share with you all. Uh, maybe I should be learning from, from 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 these folks and and we just got enraptured by the idea that kindness is important and you know we, we realized that in Canada, you know, kindness, we're not cold people in Canada, but we're also not in each other's lives on purpose. Like we're not like the culture where my grandparents who lived in this house. So my grandparents moved into the house I'm in right now um, in the, in the sixties. And, you know, there was a culture of, you know, you need a loaf of bread or some sugar or whatever, you go talk to your neighbors. It's, it's not the same as it once was. And Romans two, four says that the kindness of the Lord leads people to repentance. Mm-hmm. And so we sort of doubled down on that guys like Steve Shogren, who was a vineyard guy um, in Cincinnati uh, years ago, he wrote a book called conspiracy of kindness and really motivated us to be able to go, how do you do? He, he called it servant evangelism to be able to use kindness, to be able to, you know, show God's love in practical ways. And we, when we started Freedom House, we just said, all right, in this culture, how do we be in each other's lives on purpose? And we started to go, let's just show kindness. Here's what we are. We bought this old bar in downtown Brantford, and we started to be able to go, let's just set up a barbecue in the middle of the night on the street. And we'll just do hot dogs and hamburgers and we'll yell hey free burgers that's that was our grand plan like that that was literally the entire strategic plan and what ended up happening was people started to come and we started to build relationships with people and all kinds of amazing stories happened. but and uh, we just we just took it from one place to another to another to another and we started to say hey uh city of Brantford." um at at the time they had just sort of built this new downtown square where it used to be just sort of a derelict place in our downtown and we said all right how do we help you succeed how do we help you uh become the best at your job that you possibly could be and they started to bring us suggestions and we started to say yes to their suggestions because we wanted to see God do something positive and do what we believe that God actually would do at the same time as he started to bring people towards, towards himself. And every single time, Kevin, we, we started to be able to use kindness. Um, and every single time we went to people and said, how do we serve you and bless you? and use this principle of kindness we would both see macro transformation and we would see micro situations where we could share god's love with different people and you know i i've got a i've got a million stories but really that like if i had to encapsulate it that's the thing that i would go it happens over and over and over again and and i i i can't People could try and poke holes in my story, but I could give you uh, hole plugs every single time. Every time you use kindness, every time you just show God's love in a practical way, because I, I look and go, and and I I've lived my life as Captain Kindness. We may talk about this or not, but like I, I I've dressed up like a superhero for a lot of years in different situations, and every time we've used kindness, we've seen God um, solve macro needs and use micro situations to be able to show his love to different people, like of different, all sorts of different stripes of life between people who are, you know, hungry and desperate on the street and people that are influential in cities. And it's, it's been unfailing. Um, I've never seen it fail.
0: The, the culture seems to be telling us uh, with, with a lot of movies uh, that uh, we need
1: more superheroes and, uh, i'm not even a superhero guy like like i i've never owned a comic book i'm not even a superhero guy okay and yet somehow somehow
0: okay i'm gonna find a picture and and post it in the show notes of captain kindness (laughs) but if if people are listening to the audio format can you do us well first of all let me describe you um you uh dave uh are a uh bearded uh, gentleman like myself and uh any pictures i saw of captain kindness the there was no beard so no that's uh, right uh, is is that a fake beard you're wearing
1: it's not a fake beard it's, it's no, a real no. beard okay it's- it's a it's an eventual beard uh the okay. <laughs> i've been i've been doing this superhero for a long time every now <laughs> and again i still do it but back in the day i was not the uh white bearded uh yes. gentleman that you and i both are now yes so.
0: <laughs> well you are a uh a, a man of uh, average height and average weight you wear glasses but <laughs> tell me about what the transformation looks like when you become Captain Kindness. What does he look like? <laughs> well, because you could just so you, Dave, you could blend in. You could blend in with with ad ad men. You could blend in with pastors. Yeah, you could blend in with blue collar. You you.
1: But But then, Kevin, one at one point, I donned the cape and the leotard, and I become Captain Kindness. (laughs) (laughs) Bradford, do you believe that kindness can transform a city? (laughs) And I've done this thousands and thousands of times in my life. And and the, the, the way it started... Is that many, many years ago, we decided to put a float in the Santa Claus parade inside Brantford. And we we said, all right, let's just go ahead and do this and jump in. and uh, And the theme in the Santa Claus parade that year was kindness. And so we we were, you know, as we've been praying, we're like, ah, yeah, kindness uh, is going to be our our key to be able to see, you know, things change in our community. And without thinking much about it, we said, well, let's put Dave in a leotard and stick him up on the flatbed truck and we'll call him Captain <laughs> Kindness. And and that's what happened. And I said, oh, Bradford, can kindness transform a city? I believe it can. <laughs> and we won the award. We won the award for the uh, best float in the Santa Claus parade that year. And I started to get calls. You go, can Captain Kindness come to my school? Can Captain Kindness cut the ribbon on my fish and chip stand? And 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 that's what ended up happening. And all of a sudden, this ordinary life... I mean, it wasn't all that ordinary at the time. But, but I mean, this ordinary life became this superhero. And now I walk down the street and people salute me and go, Captain. And like, people... honest to goodness, like I've won two different awards, uh, from the queen of England. I'd like off to my, off to my right. I have medals and pins and stuff from the crown. And I'm like, this is, it's, it's bananas. How, how impactful it's been. And, you know, uh, I always had a hard time trying to like, um, justify the amount of influence that came from this ridiculous character <laughs> but there was there was there was a time that one of the things that the city asked of us was can you help with um the city was doing movies in our downtown and they asked it you know could we come and do the pre-show for the movies and you know can Captain Kindness come and you know I, I would do like movie wow. trivia do games and all this stuff and and the way that we were situated uh, as our church at the time was the square was was over here and then you know probably 100 foot walk or so 200 foot walk was the uh former mall where the church was and the walk between the public square and the mall was i used to call it the gauntlet (laughs) so because there were all these different bar patios that were out there and i would have to walk at the end of my little pre-show down this gauntlet of drunk guys on the patios you know understandably shooting cat calls at me man, <laughs> and, and you know they would they would go hey good and i would go hello citizen <laughs> you know so I, wow. clearly i understand i understand their their situation so i'm going down this gauntlet and one night this guy comes running over to me he goes captain kindness captain kindness and i said hello and he came up to me and he said hey captain kindness i just want to let you know something said, today, I was downtown, and somebody was hungry. And uh, he asked me for, for some money. And I thought to myself, what would Captain Kindness do? And he said, and I took him out for breakfast. And he told me about his story. And I told him my story. And it was fantastic. And I just want to say, thank you for that. And then wow. he just went away. And I went, holy smokes. That's pretty incredible. Wow. You know? I, like. Never-
0: Never underestimate underestimate a man in Leotards.
1: <laughs> and that's the lesson today. <laughs> yeah, but I'm like, any little wow. thing, Kevin, you know, yeah. any little thing yeah. done in Jesus' name with, you know, functioning in the fruit of the spirit and with his mm-hmm. character, mm-hmm. you know, when you know, you say in church over and over again over the years, you know, anything you do in Jesus' name, you know, there's power in it, yeah. but it's a real thing. Like it's yeah. it's it's actually a thing. So do you think uh if if
0: you know, if Hollywood picked up on Captain Kindness and said, Oh, we need him in the Marvel universe. We need a we need a whole new shtick around the fruit of the spirit. That's that's what Hollywood would
1: say, right? and uh i want kevin costner i'll do it if kevin if kevin okay. costner can be me yeah then i'm okay then I'm fine. okay yeah i i give like a full i get full license yeah. to get-
0: so what other <laughs> what other uh superhero characters should be in your universe oh boy Captain. oh boy surely so, one, so- one superhero is not enough to save a city
1: <laughs> no no there's not so 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 one summer one summer, we gave it a try, and we we created these other superheroes. So there was there was Captain Kindness, and then we made Guy Normus. He was just an ordinary guy, just doing ordinary things. It's Guy Normus, and he would sweep the gym. You know, and then we had Philanthro and Philanthro. He was like in a green, a Green Lantern type costume, and he was a philanthropist. And and we're like, oh, so he can give? He can? He can use kindness with his money. And then we had did he
0: like throw money?
1: (laughs) Oh, that would be a great idea. We didn't actually have him throw. That would have been way better. Why were you in my life back then? And then there was there was Infinity who, (laughs) who gave with her time so the time talent and treasure type thing wow. so yeah but oh, then so but, you have
0: thought about this
1: we have but the yeah. but the problem was the uh the villain like who was going to be my my antagonist hmm. and uh and we had lots of discussions lots of arguments and we came up with the self because what's more what's the what's the uh the the, the biggest the biggest thwarter to kindness is selfishness, right. and that didn't work. <laughs> we tried it; it was too ethereal, so we <laughs> failed. But so it's still up for grabs. <laughs> yeah, but Captain Kindness remains. Yep. He somehow remains. Yes. Yeah. He sits in my closet sometimes. Uh the older, fatter, and grayer I get, the less I buy myself as Captain Kindness. But uh <laughs> if 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 the right people in town call me <laughs> to be able to help out, I still I still do it. <laughs> but the but the mission remains, you know, and and yeah. you know, the idea of in this city how to use kindness uh really has stuck and and mm-hmm. and kind of Permeated uh, many of our different nonprofits, Christian and non-Christian, which is yeah. exciting.
0: Yeah, tell tell me more about about Freedom House and uh, I mean the barbecue days when you were starting out. You had this big old blue bar, and uh, <laughs> and then yeah. you were downtown town in the mall after that. So, well, just tell me some stories. Uh, I I want to I want to hear. I mean, uh, I'm sure that uh, it was both colorful and dynamic in its origins.
1: It was all of those things. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, this has been for us like a you know you no know, quarter quarter century now experiment of like how do use how to use kindness? Like how do you take kindness and inject it into this situation, that situation? Mm-hmm. Like, what does it do? And you know, it went from you know those barbecues that I referenced where you know I had people that you know came over and you know almost stabbed me, like literally stabbed me mm-hmm. on the street. And uh one guy stuck a knife to me one day and said, Hey, do you want to die? And I said, No, do you want a burger? And uh and it and it it actually saved my life. I thought, what am I like? Most people go. What would I say in that situation? <laughs> and, and so I, I went with Goofy, you know, <laughs> because that's that's what I got. I got Goofy, and we'll see, we'll see if that works. But yeah, like that's yeah. that's sort of how it how it played itself out, and and it turned into this incredible, you know, interaction with this guy that you know um, he was he was planning on um, the guy that I said it to it turned into a a distraction for him. And the guy who he was with uh, was planning on, you know, committing a pretty violent crime that night. And it turned into a situation where he didn't commit that crime. And he reached out to me the next day and goofiness and a free burger uh, turned into him, you know, changing his, the entire trajectory of his life. Um, And uh, the other guy who was down there, you know, went and, eventually went to prison and, and we've seen that happen so many times where you just use kindness in like volatile situations Mm -hmm. and it turned into, into people, their, their lives being interrupted with something that they didn't expect because kindness leads people to repentance. Kindness uh, leads people towards, towards God or, or freedom. And, um, you know we've we've done we've done all kinds of different things, including things like um, been involved in different political um, campaigns over the years. But we we thought we sat there one night and we thought like, what if you took the idea of because every political campaign is neighborhood by neighborhood. There's ridings and ridings and ridings and, and polls and polls and polls. Well, you're trying to be able to sway the atmosphere a neighborhood well what if we used kindness to be able to do the exact same thing and so we've done things like a kindness campaign where we've knocked on people's doors and go hi i'm dave carroll i'm from the kindness project we're from freedom house with the people that do this downtown carnival and captain kindness and we're asking you if you would be kind to your neighbor for a week and that's all and we watch people's (laughs) minds blow up and go okay and then we ask them if they'd put a sign on their lawn saying i'm a kind neighbor And so we'll do, we'll canvas like hundreds of homes in a day. And then we put these like campaign style lawn signs on their lawn saying, I'm a kind neighbor. And we ask people to commit for a week to be kind to their neighbor. And then all sort of like, you know, skulk around the neighborhood and and listen to when people come home from work, all of a sudden they have their conversations going, you're a kind neighbor, are you? Well, I'm a kind neighbor. Well, I'll make you a pie or all these different, you know, all these different bizarro things that, that, that neighbors start to say to each other because something a little bit absurd and interruptive has come into their their neighborhood. And then after a week or two, we do another thing where we invite people to a free barbecue to be able to like meet their neighbors, to be able to go, Hey, you're kind, I'm kind, let's get together and build relationship. And so it's been this experiment, Kevin, of just like, how do you, how do you inject it? How do you inject mm. kindness into the functioning of our cities and if I, if I'm honest, I feel like too often we're not creative as the church. We're not thinking about different ways, you know, that, that the movement of people can happen. Like, how does, how does culture form? How does a culture form in a, in a, a downtown? How does culture form in a, um in a, in a suburb? Like, right. How do you, how do you, how do you get people talking to each other? How do you form the base um functioning level and culture of of different yeah, areas yeah. in our urban world and and I think it's I think all of it's important big small uh rich poor uh all these different it's 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 got to work together or it doesn't yeah. work
0: yeah we need to stir up the compassion entrepreneurs the the people yes. who who are thinking of that's never been done before what if we did this and uh and go for it and or not uh, be afraid
1: to experiment too yeah you know like yeah. and, and and that's a tough thing inside churches like i'm yeah. i'm not a, an, entirely sure who the audience of your podcast is but i'll tell you that many of the times many of the um when i've gone and spoken about these kind of things the things uh, the feedback that i get from different people that may be pastors or leaders and they go <laughs> that's great. Thanks so much for telling me this. Um, and they're being sarcastic. And they're like, yeah, but I can't get my board to give me uh, 20 bucks for an outreach. So yeah. thanks for nothing. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. we have to be able to begin to tell these stories and begin to think about ways that we can inject these things into our neighborhoods. Right. It's- right.
0: Well, I think you and I have the advantage of being involved in as church planters, where uh you didn't start out with the board telling you anything yeah it's true you you started out (laughs) it's true it's not fair steering (laughs) steering committee or or anybody that cared and uh you you uh you you told them what to think you told them how to do things you taught them and then, yeah. And then, uh, it takes a long time to to get to that other stage where the board tells you what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I I always said the last thing in the world I wanted to do was be a be a senior pastor, and uh, and uh, I was much more interested in music and media and and and. Uh, I thought, yeah, I want to do something for God. I just don't want to do it in the church. And, (laughs) but, but God, uh, God actually introduced me to his, to who his bride is. And, and I fell in love with, uh, with her, the church. Yeah. And, uh, me too. And, and she's, she's a wonderful thing. And, uh, yeah,
1: I can't, I can't shake it. You know, like I can't shake the, um, the true reality that, that his bride is important. Like his church is important. I, you know, like if you were just all about achievable goals and achievables and all these different things, like to be able to go measurables, measurables is the word I'm looking for, right? Like you would go, ah, cool. Great. I'm just going to go over there, but I can't, I can't shake it. It's, Mm -hmm. it's so precious and Mm -hmm. so important. And, and I also believe that you know where there's unity, God commands his blessing is mm-hmm. is something that i i can't shake, i can't shake it, you know. And the the idea of laying down a road for his bride and his church um, inside cities to be able to do things together is 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 beautiful and is yeah. is
0: powerful. I I don't know about you, but I always found that the any time that we have collaborated as a church. Um, if we've collaborated, um, it's like this, um, synergistic effect of things work way better than if we just try to do something on our own. And, uh, and I, and I think it is that it's that, you know, that unity when, when you come alongside, uh, other people that, that love the city, other people that, that care about the things of God and, and, and you do it together. Um, you get so much further.
1: Well, I'll tell you, um, uh, as we're recording this right now, uh, it's the day before Canada Day. So I'm the I'm the chair of our city's Canada Day Committee. Mm. So, like our our City of Brantford Canada Day celebrations, I've been the chair of it for a bunch of years mm-hmm. because we began to serve it and began to serve it and began to serve it, and it turned into becoming the the lead of the festival. And then uh, but but the but the linchpin between serving and becoming the lead of it was when we said, "Hey, how do we how do we go above and beyond as the church, the one church in our city? And how do we like what can we bring into this? Like if we could mobilize the volunteers from all these different churches, and it turned into the day after Canada Day uh, in our in our downtown park, there's garbage everywhere." because it's been a long day the city staff's been working and so for i'm gonna say six years seven years the church like so multiple different congregations will send people downtown the day after this big celebration Mm -hmm. and we will go through this entire area and we'll clean up garbage we clean up trash it takes it takes a bunch of volunteers, maybe an hour, something that would turn into a gigantic nightmare inside the city of city staff that they pay a lot to be able to go, uh, people that worked this whole day, and uh, and we do it in an hour because the church is mobilized. It turns into a great thing, and everyone who goes out gets all the change that they find. So you get some toonies <laughs> and loonies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can, I, it's can I drive up? Oh,
0: can I drive? Absolutely. Up? Yeah.
1: Have at her, pal. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 8 a 8 a.m. uh july 2nd. But but it it's turned into a way to be able to have have further influence in and and it uh the city just is incredibly thankful. And it's it's a it's a real opportunity. We all have. It's beautiful. And you you feel that do of Herman, <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. it's incredible. Yeah.
0: I want to ask you about a couple of your friends and uh they don't know I'm going to do this so we won't let them know that we're talking about them. <laughs> but uh, uh I want to ask you about uh, Brian Beatty and I want to ask you about Aaron White and yeah. uh you know um maybe uh question for, for each of those guys um what have you would you say how has uh, Brian um, had the biggest uh, impact on you and maybe how have you had the biggest impact on Brian? And hmm. uh, he, so I mean, you yeah. can't, he can't answer that cause he's not on here, but
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so Brian and I, um, he was the founding pastor of Freedom House that I'm, I'm currently the lead pastor of. And when, uh, so I was, Went to Ghana in West Africa in 2000, yep. and I got back. And I had read um, this book by Ed Silvoso, um, who runs Transform Our World, and I'd read this book called That None Should Perish, and it was all about um, in the 90s in Argentina, like late late 90s, mm-hmm. yeah, late 90s, mid 90s, late 90s, uh, about how they had seen you know cities in Argentina, you know, tangibly transformed by the church working together. Like sort of these, these two, these two banks, they call it about, you know, like, um, uh, city unity, like people coming together, the church working together, and meeting the felt needs of of the community first, uh, because you meet the felt needs, and then it opens the door to meeting sort of the real spiritual needs and these, these two banks, and I, and I, I read this book, and I'm like, man, if this is for real. Like this is this is the only thing I ever want to do with my life. Like, yeah. if this is legit, this is this is the mission. Like, how do you go and change a city? And I got back to Brantford in uh, uh, late 2000. Early 2001, and uh, I was going to do. We were we were doing some youth event, and Brian and I, you know, he wasn't really listening to me. Uh, like he was like, we were we were in a car, and I was just babbling on. He's like, eh, blah blah blah. Who's this kid in the car? And I, and I started talking about this, and he went, and he looked at me, and he said, "Tell me more about your thoughts." And we started talking, and we didn't stop talking for 25 years, you know, and we just like we, we, we sat on our porches and go, you know, how do you change the community? How do you, how do you change the community? What's, what's something that we can do? What's something that we can do? And, and so in the question of how did he impact me? um, First, he helped me understand myself. And because I had, I knew that I had these, these different, like, boy, I want to change the city. I don't just want to do, you know, something just, day by day and and make it just about that but he taught me how to make the day by day um into something you know it says in the Bible that we were called to disciple nations like this was part of what Jesus said as he left he's like all right cool great go and disciple nations and we all went huh what does that mean right and and so he helped me learn that the things that are inside of me actually are meant to, disciple nations but they're not just meant to go and like conquer nations they're meant to be able to go and show his love in practical ways and then god uses it to be able to change how people function and think and and that meant the world to me Mm -hmm. so it sounds uh, like sounds like uh, brian Beatty
0: was like uh alfred to a young bruce wayne
1: (laughs) do i get to be batman in this situation (laughs) That would be great. Sure. Imagine. <laughs> I don't know if Batman is known no, I, for his
0: kindness.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure I do either frankly. Like I I'll, I'll tell you honestly, honestly Kevin, I was I was a bully in high school. Like I was known yeah. as a bully. Yeah, so 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 my captain kindness persona there are many people that are that still sometimes say I cannot believe that this is what what your life is. Like I was yeah. a I was a I was a bit of a jerk to many people in fact I used to target Christians. Wow. I used to go, "Oh yeah, I was I was polished more than more than Captain Kindness back in back in the day. <laughs> I would I would I grew up in the church and I'm like, "I mm-hmm. I know who you are. I know what you're supposed to be." And I, and when I was away from God, I would find Christians and I would try and make them cry. And I was mm-hmm. good at it. Like I had to do a lot of repenting once I found Jesus when I was in my like late teens, early twenties. And, and so it was, this is, I live with incredible ironies. Uh, so, so um, I am Captain Kindness, by <laughs> through Christ alone. <laughs> hey, uh,
0: every, every superhero story starts in crisis, you know? Yes. And- yeah. <laughs> and I you gotta- had you had a crisis of character, and you said, "Yes, yes, yes, I did. I, I'm a turd. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for such a
1: worm as I, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> and I'll mention Aaron White. So, so, so you asked about Aaron. So, Aaron and I do our Two Wise Fools podcast. So, we started doing this podcast. Um, uh, I'm going to say early days of COVID. Um, so Aaron and I have known each other for 10 years. So we, um, we used to be on the leadership team of 24 seven prayer, Canada, um, 24 seven prayer, um, international was started by Pete Gregg back around 2000, I believe. Um, and he saw a red moon rising back in 2000 and wrote and wrote this book, red moon rising about, you know, he just started gathering people in the UK to be able to, you know, get together and sort of tag team, um, people praying for an hour and then tagging off and praying for an hour and praying for an hour and beautiful book, like really significant prayer ministry. And at the same time as IHOP was sort of starting with Mike Bickle, mm-hmm. um, this, this 24 seven prayer movement was starting and God just sort of birthed these, these two really significant, beautiful prayer ministries. And so, uh, um, I had a book pusher back in the day, give me the red moon rising book god this is this is great this sort of fits in our how do you change the city type thing so aaron and i got on this team and aaron was an early adapter of this like he was the the national head of this for a lot of years and him and i were like we were drastically different like we were on different sides of the political spectrum we were different we were different in so many different ways and when we would tell jokes with each other it was like it was beautiful. We just made each other laugh so heavily. When we would get into meetings, we would often disagree so vehemently that at one point he even kicked me off the team of a national prayer ministry because he's like, "Because he I'm the leader of this, you're it's like, <laughs> no." And I'm like, "Perfect, great. I think I'd rather be off and let's just keep on making jokes." And him and I would make would just, we we would make jokes about Scott Oak from CBC sports and all these different things. And then when COVID hit him and I, we were one day on Facebook, just making joke after joke, after joke. And we realized that we weren't laughing enough in our lives and that him and I made each other laugh. And, and almost, almost immediately, like it was just, it was this quick thing. One of us said, Hey, should we do a podcast? And I said, um, what's a podcast? I'd never listened to one before. <laughs> and so I listened to a few and I said, and I, I don't even know who said it, but we we said we should call it Two Wise Fools and we should make it mostly funny, but with like 30% interesting, inspiring stuff. And we, we agreed to do it almost immediately. And then we researched, how do you do it? We figured it all out and we have now done like 127 straight mondays we get together online and it's like this investment in laughing with each other and we're two like he he leads um, it's a church called Jacob's Well in the downtown east side of Vancouver. But he he moved into the poorest postal code in Canada uh, many 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 years ago. And honestly, he, I don't know anybody who uh, lives the incarnational um, life with the the poorest and the um, the most hurting in our country more than Aaron. Uh, I, I I can't speak more highly of of his life and his family's life. Like he has raised his kids um, in the middle of a situation where the people that are the most addicted to, to drugs will, will actually um, stop, um stop shooting up drugs in some cases um he's he told me stories years ago of when his kids would be walking home from school and out of respect for him and his family because of what they do to be able to serve this area that they'll actually stop and make sure that their kids wouldn't see them um uh taking drugs as they walk by out of out of respect for him and you know it's it's just uh he's an incredible man and um has has an incredible heart for prayer um and 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 people uh really in in tough situations and uh and him and i once a week just talk about sometimes absolute ridiculousness between bidets and whales wearing salmon on their heads and uh and and like i mean honest to goodness and it is it's been it's brought it's been my if i look back at covid and this whole, you know, time we've been through, it's been my favorite thing in my life that's come out of it. And uh, him and I just once a week, it's my, it's my Sabbath, actually, like, it's my, it's my day off. I go, let's, let's get together and laugh. And it's, it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I've been been listening to a few since, uh, since I met you and, yeah. Uh... <laughs> yeah uh, uh it's going in the show notes everybody needs to listen to two eyes fools <laughs> and and if you don't think it's funny you just don't get it yeah <laughs> and
1: you may not, but, you that, may not but, but that's all right we we've resigned ourselves to the fact that people may not think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. but, but but you and i went out to lunch when we first met each other and i'm like i think this guy might think the podcast is funny oh
0: yeah oh yeah um yeah speaking of jacob's well um uh, i've known about it for years going back to Mm. when joyce heron used to be there and oh yeah and um a few years ago i was in vancouver and and a friend i was visiting uh took me downtown we drove past east tastings and and I, i got to see it and and, uh, yeah, and it was, you know, very visually disturbing. Um, but at the same yeah. time, I had seen similar things in Toronto and Hamilton and yeah. other cities. Uh, but I was just, uh, in Vancouver in, in earlier in June and, uh, uh, I was on a, a, uh, a school bus going to the aquarium with, uh, 50 other uh, mission workers, mission, Canada mm. workers. And, uh, and we, we drove through East Hastings and, uh, it, it was, it was worse than I had yeah. ever, than I had seen it. Uh, and, uh, it, it, it's like, I mean, it, it's, it's like driving through a horror art installation. It's true. Um, Every block, I'd see, you know, fifty to a hundred people, and a third or half of them were like bent over in a frozen position from from uh, the drugs they were yeah. using, and and you know, people just uh, nestling up in a cardboard somewhere, and and I didn't want to. And the- Kevin, we've
1: we've we've had moments on our podcast where we're we're recording and we're, we're talking about, you know, just gibberish sometimes. Right. And, and he'll look out the window. He can see, you know, out the window and there'll be somebody who is ODing outside of his, his yeah. front door. Yeah. Like really it's the, the situation out there. And, and, you know, we, we talk a lot about the fact that you do have to laugh sometimes and it's not being insensitive, but you do have to be able to find, find the joy in the middle of it and the and the things that are yeah um yeah that are life in the middle of it and you can't you can't just be um destroyed by it constantly because you you're called to be able to bring life in the middle of it and you know and and so it's i sometimes look back, I sit back and <laughs> am flabbergasted yeah. at the fact that 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 can happen but yeah. It does, and it and it sort of has to because I don't think this is unique. And you and I talked about this between Brantford and Windsor. And Brantford and Windsor have have you know somewhat similar demographics. Mm-hmm. And and I would say, you know, in Brantford pre-pandemic to now, it's probably double the issue it was. I would yeah. imagine a Windsor. I was in Ottawa recently and talked to yeah. some right. uh, folks that work um with with, with the homeless in Ottawa, um, before the national prayer breakfast. And they were saying for sure, it's double in Ottawa pre pandemic to now. And it's, it's, um, it's a growing thing. And so you have to be able to continually find life and joy in the middle of it all still to be able to be the, um, you know, purveyor of that. Right. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. And I, yeah. And I think, you know, um, Having a sabbatical of laughter is is probably a concept that uh, a lot of people mm. working in the front lines need. You know, there there needs to be a healthy way to to find joy. And the other thing too, I find is that you know it's if you're on a if you're on a bus driving past or in your car driving past, um, you can feel a certain emotion. Of oh this is so desperate this is so sad, uh, but when you walk among the people, and they become your friends, yeah, uh, there's there's uh, just it, it's a it's a tragic comedy, right? You, you know, there's horrific things, but in in the the warmth of friendship and knowing people, uh, you find how much Jesus is present. And, yeah. and and how how much generosity of spirit there is among the poorest and 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 how how much beauty and joy there is in the most unlikely of places.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you one my favorite story he's told me because every now and again on the podcast, he'll tell me um something that was said at a Bible study in the downtown East Side. Yeah. And he goes. He he qualifies it with many asterisks and, and say, hey, listen, it is a you have to take it out of your Bible study to a Bible study on the downtown east side context. So he said, this is you know again, if you've got problems, send this to Aaron. But uh, he he goes, he said that that they were doing uh, a Bible study small group and 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 uh, one guy. And he goes. Sometimes people do not listen very carefully. Um, yeah. You know, as as things are going on, people are off in their own little little worlds. And and the one guy, uh, one night was he was lamenting the fact that he probably would never have romantic love. And he was he was talking about you know he was dealing with poverty and homelessness and some of the different kind of physical stuff that that comes along with that sometimes and. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I just don't think that I'm ever going to be able to find romantic love. And uh, another guy in the small group who wasn't paying much attention, all he heard was, I don't think I'll ever find love. And he looked at the guy and he said, why don't you just get a dog? (laughs) (laughs) And everyone in the group knew (laughs) That this dude was not paying attention and it was but they knew each other and he said it was just he goes you know in the wrong situation this is yeah. not really a funny thing but he said given the group he said it was just it was just so funny and it turned into a thing where everyone it sort of bonded them the ridiculousness yeah. of the situation
0: anyway yeah. would you like to die <laughs> would you like a burger <laughs>
1: yes 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 indeed
0: uh, yes indeed yes humor is our friend uh-huh. here here um, here's hoping at least yeah. yeah yeah or i'm in trouble well <laughs> so. i'm gonna uh i hope uh someday i get to meet aaron and uh hope hope to get him on the podcast one of these times but uh um is he shy you know do i maybe need to invite you on to get him on what do you think?
1: Uh, I, I I feel like shy is not one of the qualities that he has. No, he has. No, no, I don't feel like shy. No. no, 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 I don't get
0: that impression listening to your <laughs> podcast. No. Yeah, and 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 he's got he's got a pretty dry wit, doesn't he? He like sure does. He, he yeah, sets you up. He sets you up all the time and when when jokes are, are are being built and uh and and uh you know if if someday i hear that um you um fell backwards off your chair and died uh laughing i'll know that you were probably doing a podcast with aaron
1: so he's got somebody who lives in his house um, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I can't remember now what what nation they're from, but they're a um, somewhat recent immigrant to Canada. So they're they're still learning uh, the language and they call me the rasper inside uh, his house because he's got sort <laughs> of a. A community house with all kinds of different people, yeah. and they think they call me the rasper because of my 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 laugh when he says something funny. You know, uh Lorne Michaels, who's the um the guy that runs Saturday Night Live. He's running. He's been the like executive producer for years. I can't remember the number now offhand, but he goes. There's only like 70 funny people in the world, and so he tries to find. <laughs> <laughs> the funny people. Aaron is one of the funny people in the world. And, you know, I, I, I pretend that I'm a funny person, but he just says funny stuff and I become his foil and, uh, laugh at the funny things he says. So yeah, I give it, I give it a go, but he's, mm-hmm. he's the man.
0: <laughs> well, it's been, uh, it's been a pleasure and, uh, yeah. um, I, I don't know when we'll, uh, be face to face next time, but, uh, looking forward to it and i sure uh, hope it's soon yeah 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 um so uh dave carroll everybody uh thank you so much for uh being on sidewalk skyline podcast and uh giving us the view on the sidewalk in brantford and uh we won't forget it soon thanks for mm-hmm. being on my pleasure uh- And that's Dave Carroll. Hope you enjoyed our conversation. On my next episode, I'm going to be talking to a man that I met in British Columbia who has uh, experienced a documented healing from schizophrenia. He's involved in campus ministry and uh, has quite a story to tell, so be sure to check back for the next episode when I talk to Josh Tamblin. Until that time, I'm your host, Kevin Rogers. This is Sidewalk Skyline Podcast.